Welcome to the We Ain't Broke podcast. Uh, I'm Chase Clausen with my co-host Alex Egan. Hi there. Um, really, this is a podcast to really introduce you guys into our lives because we feel that there are some things that we really want to kind of get off our chest, be able to talk about, um, which kind of pertain to you know different mental health issues, um, physical issues, but also be able to touch on some different contemporary issues. So let's get into it. Uh, Alex, do you want to introduce yourself to the world? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and thank you for that warm introduction. Uh, my name's Alex. Uh, I am a uh, C5 quadriplegic, and we'll get into what that means a little bit more. But uh, been living with a physical disability since I was 24, and uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of things that go along with that and stuff that relates to day-to-day struggles and some things that are just unique to me that uh, I find funny and um, you know, I'm looking forward to sharing more. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Chase? Why are you here? Um, well, I am here because I am Batman. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. There you go. That's probably the, the, the character I can easily most compare myself to because uh, in 2009, I lost both my parents over the span of three months. So I identify as an orphan. Um, and, you know, like Egan said, I'll go more into detail as to, to how that happened and also kind of how we got here. So, yeah, do you want to kind of fill us in on um, your situation back? Gosh, it was what? close to yeah how many years ago was that well so i'm uh 29 now it'll be five years uh come november and uh yeah if we're if we're just jumping straight into it i was in mexico on a family holiday for thanksgiving because there's no better place to spend thanksgiving (laughs) than in mexico and um i went down a water slide head first and uh even even though I've been down this water slide many times for whatever reason, uh, this one time I wanted to enter the water cool and crisp and duck my head down, and uh, that didn't turn out too well. I hit the bottom of the pool uh, with the back of my head, and um, from there, you know, life uh, life changed. I think my first words after getting flipped over were, "There's no way I just paralyzed myself going down a water slide." head first but you know that's uh that's where we are and uh you know no regrets it's just kind of one of the small little funny things that life can throw your way that has like you know major impact on you Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean that's that's where it all began yeah so it all began so you know with that injury is there you know do you have kind of a vivid memory of like the moment it happened yeah yeah, for sure. I remember. I remember all of it. So um, I remember the decision halfway down that I was gonna, you know, enter the pool um, with as many style points as possible. <laughs> I ended up getting none of those style points. <laughs> I uh, I remember um, kind of rolling over, and as soon as my head hit, you know, obviously I see stars. I hear a crack, but everything kind of happens so fast that. My initial thought wasn't like, oh, I just broke my neck. It was just, well, I'm upside down. And um, I was laying face down in the pool, 
and saw some blood. So I knew I hit my head pretty hard. But the initial feeling felt more like when the wind gets knocked out of you. Like I remember I had that kind of like <gasps> feeling. Um, and so whenever that happens, because I've had that happen before. I grew up, you know, wakeboarding, snowboarding. I've had the wind knocked out of me many times. <laughs> I usually just kind of pause and catch myself in whatever position I'm in and then gather myself and then, and then, you know, move to safety. But after that moment had passed and I felt like enough time had gone by, I tried to, you know, move and flip around and nothing was happening. And, and, you know, be minded, I'm in the pool, I'm face down. So I knew I needed to breathe. And so a little panic set in of being like, okay, this is weird. I can't move. And then uh, a hand floated by me and I was like, cool. You know, someone's here to flip me over and, and, um, you know, help me out in whatever situation I'm in. And then some more time passed. The hand had gone out of my vision and, um, eventually I'm like, I just need to take a breath. So I, as I was getting ready to take a deep breath in of just pure water, uh, my cousin had ran over, grabbed me. Luckily he was a, a former lifeguard and flipped me over. And it was at that time when I saw my body, there's that initial like, oh shit, disconnect between what I was seeing my body do and what I was feeling, which was none of it. And I realized at that point, the hand that I had seen earlier was, was my own. And that was the moment when I got flipped over. I was like, if I just, cause it all like clicks at once. If I just paralyze myself going down this kitty little water slide that had been down a million, this is the dumbest way you could possibly get injured. And you know, you can't help that thought. Right. And it wasn't like, a, Oh, you know, damn me for, for doing that. It's just like, mind-blowing of like how does that even happen um but don't worry i didn't ruin the fun for the day they kept the pool open <laughs> so there were like nothing kids, to see here you guys enjoy the pool there were kids going down the water slide bloods everywhere in the pool and they're <laughs> oh just God. like going through so thank you thank you vedanta for uh for having such a welcoming um <laughs> Uh, experience for all their guests but uh yeah i mean from there it was a lot of uh you know very worried eyes i had a get a crowd gathered around me um until the doctor or i guess it would be like a, an emt um crew came and got me onto a board and then into the um into the ambulance and then from the ambulance i kind of like i don't really remember much until later that night um at in the hospital so, um, you just did a shout out to one of our sponsors. Yeah. Since, yeah. Since we're giving shout outs, we're all drinking rogue beers right now. Yeah, so exactly. shout out to rogue, shout out to rogue, <laughs> not a shout out to Vedanta. I'm sorry. You will not be a sponsor on this podcast. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, well, you know, that's, that's a great little introduction. Um, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll go a little into detail with my story cause, and then we'll yeah. talk a little bit about you know, the why. The so, why, yeah. Um, yeah, back in 2009, um, I lost my mom in April, um, a couple days really after her birthday, after my dad's birthday, after my brother's birthday. Just so happens that everybody in my close family is born in April except for me. Uh, I guess I'm the anomaly there. Um, April birthday over here as yep, well. Yeah, and you're an April guy too. 
so yeah, um, around the actually the we got news of it on the twenty first. So I found out my mom um, had passed away actually just after I'd biked to school with Brian um, for Earth Day. And that's uh, Brian Greenberg. Brian Greenberg is a good girl. A really really good friend. Uh, I've known him since kindergarten. Um, You know we we drove this or we rode our bikes to school that day for Earth Day and. The incentive was that we'd get donuts, so I was super excited. Got the school break, got a donut, um, and then Mr. Loveland said, "Hey Chase, can you go to the office?" And I was like, "What do you mean? It's like break? Why are you telling me to go somewhere? It's it's break." Um, and I went into the office, and my brother was there, and uh, he immediately gave me the news. Um, so, you know, that's a that's quite the shift. It is. It is quite the shift, especially when you're in the latter part of your senior year and you're just supposed to enjoy everything it just so happens that you get some of the worst news that you could possibly get mm-hmm. and you know it's obviously an earth-shattering moment i wound up as a result i wound up getting close to my mom's side again which was great but yeah um that happened i still had to go to school still had to be a senior still had to kind of act like my life was and you had to go to you still had to go to school that day. Did they did they pull you or? So, uh, yes and no. I think the school knew that I could leave, and um, so my grandpa had picked me up. We went to New Seasons. We grabbed a bite to eat, and they asked me if I wanted to go back to school. And I just I did what I've always known, which was that yeah, of course I want to go back to school. Like I knew that I didn't have good grades. Um, but at the same time, like, no one knows what to do in an event like yeah. that, right? Like The shock is just like, what's normal? I'm going to grab yeah, onto that. Right, yeah. like, what do you do when somebody passes away? I guess the normal is that you are supposed to go to a house and sit in the living room and vent and sulk. And um, I would assume talk about memories of the person, but I didn't know. I I did know that I needed to graduate and I knew that math wasn't a strong suit for me I actually think I finished with a d in that class so yeah didn't really help with me going to class that day but uh uh, I went back to school and went to practice that night I was it just like a was it just like buzzing in your ears the whole day like what yeah it it, it's really weird it's um it's kind of like one of those scenes where you know, something happens in a movie and the camera is just spinning around, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're the subject and the camera's spinning around and um, y- your mind stays on repeat forever. Yeah. And then you realize two years later that you're not always thinking about it. Or you realize six months later that you're not waking up in the middle of the night going, oh my gosh, you know, my mom passed away. Is this real life? Um, but then on top of that, uh, yeah. on top of that, three months later, my dad passed away. So now it's like anybody reaching out about a similar situation, you can just throw that out the door because, you know, my situation is far happen. more unique than anyone can really comprehend. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm an anomaly by me being the only July birthday, uh, in a family full of April birthdays, but I'm also an anomaly in that no one's really kind of gone through the experiences that I've gone through, um, let alone in three months. Um, yeah. so 
you know, I was forced to grow up quick, but I would say a lot of my life has kind of been like that, um, where I've just had these trials very early and at a young age. And, you know, that's kind of why I'm here. And I'm sure that's why you're yeah. here. I know you and I have talked about, you know, how can we create a space where we're having these kinds of conversations that are difficult to talk about? Um, yeah, and it is. It is what brought us here is that we, since my injury, you were one of the first people to really sit down with me and just have like deep, meaningful, like kind of identity talks of like, what does this all mean? And it's someone that I felt like I could relate to. Um, even though our situations are so different, there are similarities that inter intertwine with each other. And the idea of the podcast came when actually I was, was talking about doing something totally different. Yeah. And uh, we got into another one of our, our kind of deep talks and uh, that was the light bulb moment was like, oh, this is what we need to be doing. Right. Um, so I, I'm really glad that we, we've made it this far. You know, it's been since that initial talk back in June, I think, maybe maybe even earlier. Um, you know, we've been working hard to, to get this thing out and uh, to be here today and, and talking to all of you guys um, and being able to share our stories and kind of our insights. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a special moment. Yeah. It's really exciting. So yeah. I'm glad to be here with you and glad to create this space where we can, you know, talk about these issues and, you know, let our listeners really kind of delve into our lives a little bit. Yeah. I know a lot of people are afraid to ask certain questions because they don't want us to be affected. But the truth of the matter is I would like people to ask me more questions about my past and about my life. Um, but yeah, I understand that it's also a difficult question to ask. So. It is. Yeah. And, and I think that's also like a, a good, this is a good space for that because we have asked each other so many questions and we've gotten to know each other um, even better, um, you know, buddies since high school. But now I feel like it's a totally different um, relationship that we have now. And um you know, I'm, I'm the lucky one, I guess, to be able to ask those questions that maybe some people are afraid to, yeah. you know, I have, uh, I, I still find myself, even though I'm in a, um, a situation that's uncomfortable for people to talk to about, I, I have, you know, I, I'm the person who anytime anybody has a question, it's still, um, prefaced with, now don't get offended. But I have a question for you, and and it's understandable because that's totally uh, it's a natural thing. It's how I would have approached myself before. Mm -hmm. Even you know, even if I there was some time machine, my younger self flashed here, and and I would probably do the same thing. Don't get offended, me. But you know, what is it like for this, this, and this? And I find myself even getting to that point with you sometimes because it is that slight difference. And, uh, you know, obviously you're a good friend. I would never want to offend you, but we've talked enough and, and the space has been proven to be as open as I think two um, guys in our situation uh, find ourselves in. Yeah, this is pretty much an AMA with you on the other side yeah. asking me questions. And we don't have annoying Reddit to, yeah. to and, comment and on And for it. those yeah. that don't know what AMA <laughs> is, it's ask me anything. Yeah. So. Yeah, we don't have, uh, we don't have, there's going to be no comments available. You're just going to have to sit down and listen and to us. And just listen. Yeah. You can't be a troll in this. Yeah, yeah, there's no trolling. No trolling. Only, only, uh, 
only between the two of us. Yeah. But I am, so I am interested though. Uh, you talked about um, your past and how you've always been not like a, a lone wolf, but you've had to grow up in a very unique environment and in, in a unique way within yourself. You even have a wolf uh, tattooed on the on your forearm. Uh, so could you, I don't really have a specific question, but could you lay out for me and, and for the listeners um, what that, how, how you see yourself as kind of that lone wolf in that in that spectrum sort yeah, of like yeah. what, what brought you to this point definitely well that's funny that you brought the tattoo up because um this is one of the shirts that i was wearing the weekend i got the tattoo oh, no is, way. it was kind of a joke it's i got this shirt, nice shirt to be like a hippie for halloween there and then you go. i was like wait i really like this shirt yeah there you go. so um you have it half popped by the way right now it's yeah a, it's a good look nice yeah. nice it's <laughs> yeah that that was intentional yeah so yeah uh when i was when I was five years old, um, my parents got divorced. So right off the bat, uh, you know, we were already transitioning into a new life. We wound up, you know, usually in a divorce, at least in the state of Oregon, the mom gets custody unless there's evidence of, you know, some kind of, you know, foul play on the mom's side, whereas where then the, the dad gets custody. So my mom had custody of us. We moved from Vancouver, Washington to Jansen Beach stayed in an apartment there, uh, wound up having two firebelly frogs as a result. Um, we did have a Dalmatian when my mom and dad were together. And then after Jansen Beach, after the six months to a year, I would assume as a year, but it felt more like six months as a kid, we moved to Lake Oswego. So I started kindergarten there, um, living with my mom. And then my dad started he lived with my grandma out in, um, in Gresham. And then with time, he found someone, wound up moving to Lake Oswego, Westland. Like he pretty much lived all over the metro area, Damascus. Um, but so while all, I was all in Oregon, yeah, yeah, all in Oregon. Um, but you know, when you don't have even split custody, so my dad was seeing me every other weekend, it kind of gave him the reins to pretty much live wherever he felt necessary. So I lived in Lake Oswego with my mom um, and lived in the same apartment for you know, four to five years. And about fourth grade, um, actually in third grade, my mom remarried. So I had a new stepdad and a stepsister. And then fourth grade, um, you know, there were issues in the household that wound up um pretty much moving me into my dad's house. So wound up being this whole court issue where my mom lost full-time custody with us. And so my dad became the legal guardian. And then, then he wound up moving to Lake Oswego when he realized that he's got to take care of kids more than every other mm -hmm. weekend. So then from there, um, you know, lived in LO the rest of really until the end of high school where I lived with Forrest. And so, yeah, it's, obviously a crazy timeline, a lot of transitions. I mean, my whole life has really been a transition. I can even mention like my transitions in college. Like I lived in so many different places that it's just the norm for me. And in those transitions, I'm, I'm thinking that's kind of where you get that lone, mo lone wolf mentality where you have to, in transition, you really are 
essentially on your own, not in the terms of your parents weren't caring for you, but you had to make that adjustment mentally and internally to move forward, essentially. Oh, right? definitely. Yeah. Um, and it's even when I would walk into a room, like hanging out with you guys in high school, like I'd walk into a room and know that, you know, my past is very different than mm -hmm. pretty much everybody in that room. Um, and then obviously, yeah, going, going to college, having to, I, I went to three different schools in college. Um, my goal was to go and play college across and, you know, I can happily say that I did that. But during that time I had to be the new guy and had to kind of figure that out. So I really embraced that kind of lone wolf mentality and really took enthusiasm to it. And I still do like, and what I mean by that is I I tend to get really excited when I'm meeting somebody new. If I'm mm -hmm. just on my own, I get a lot of energy and excitement when I meet someone uh, because it, it is that moment where it's like you get to be yourself. No one knows who you are. They have no idea who you are. It's what you're presenting to them right then and there. And for me, it's it's thrilling to be able to do that. And granted, it took time for me to do that. Um, but you know, now looking back, it's, it's been awesome. And it's so funny that, that we do this because it, um, or that we found ourselves, you know, having this conversation and having it be recorded because more and more I realize the dichotomy kind of be between us where we have that similarity of we both had, um, some sort of traumatic event or traumatic events happen to us that intertwine us and, and get us to understand each other. But we come from such different um, kind of sides of our own personal story, and even on our uh, on the different sides of trauma. You know where you know mine's very um, visible. And, it's very and in your face. It's in your face. It's right away. It is Yours, an immediate it, icebreaker. It is. Yeah, I got I got to come up <laughs> with the with the gloves ready. Um, yeah. You know, with some sort of funny comment or something. <laughs> Uh, and then you, it's it's once they get to know you, typically they'll either hear it from a mutual friend or yeah. it'll just come up naturally in conversation down the road. But not only that, though, I couldn't say I've ever been, you know, that lone wolf either. And I think um, where your lone wolf mentality has helped you grow as a human and get through uh, the death of your parents and having to move forward. Um, living with that mine was holding on to the people that are closest to me and knowing that everything's going to be all right because I have that, that safety that net and that system. community and like and and that's what's gotten me through um, and I just think that's like incredibly interesting that it was all these kind of you know rougher beginnings that kind of solidified who you are as an individual or for me it was maybe a, a softer bringing up but it created this sense of safety and security and knowing that everything was going to be okay that pushed my mentality to the point of, oh, like, yeah, this is a big bump of the road, but, you know, I got the safety net. I'm going to be okay. We're going to move forward and I'll just make the best of it. Yeah. Um, and, and have that kind of all circle out where you take two opposite paths and land them right back in the middle and we're both, I'd say we're both handling, handling yeah. it pretty well and doing okay we're for doing ourselves. Well. We're doing good for um, ourselves. I just, I just think that's great. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm glad you were able to bring that up because I know we've talked about it where, you know, your injury is very much 
in everyone's face. Yeah, it you is. have to. That's a conversation that you immediately have. Whereas, yeah, mine, I'm not gonna just say to some random person, "Oh, you know, I'm an orphan," right? Right. Like, yeah. It usually <laughs> it usually takes a couple dates, yeah. you know. So, yeah. um, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. But yeah, it, it it is, and actually, I'd like to get into that too because I, that is also one of the first things that we talked about, um, even doing this podcast on is how funny it is, how different we have to approach it. Um, do you have like kind of a, a go to uh, in terms of what you say when someone finds out? Because, like you said, for me, it's right away, and so I come out with guns a blazing, joke ready whatever i'm i'm cutting out the awkwardness with humor and trying to make it as comfortable for everybody as possible you it's the relationship has been established to a certain point and now it's like oh shit i gotta scramble and pick up the pieces again do you have kind of like a go-to of what you say when that happens you know not really mostly because i have the same kind of tone which is the tone that we're speaking in Mm -hmm. it's really tough to be playful about yeah. you know your two parents being dead yeah that's maybe not this a, is probably the most yeah. playful right here is right. like kind of laughing after yeah. that right um you know not too many people have brought it up but i obviously appreciate it when they do like uh, i can think of one of my teammates he's an ian wiesenberg he for uh for lacrosse yeah in college he was like hey you know i heard a couple of things is it true about your parents i was like wow like you were the first person on campus to ask me that question just to go yeah and yeah as a matter of fact it is and i do think that it kind of inspired me a little bit um to take that same approach with uh one of our good friends who wound up being my roommate my senior year but my junior year there are roommate uh, rumors going around you know about him coming out and so i just took the approach and said hey you know i'm hearing a couple things like is this true and he, he mentioned that it was the case and I just was like, Hey, you know, sorry. Like if it came off weird, I just wanted to be able to have this See, conversation you with can, you. Right. And you can't get past I'm, the sorry. I, yeah. Right. Like yeah, it's, it's hard. This is a space we haven't been in. Right? I know. I don't know. I can't even remember if I apologize, but mm-hmm. now I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> is this what <laughs> I said? Is this the formality? Right. What you said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but still being able to have that conversation and like having the willingness to, at least ask that question i think to him made him feel a little more i like to think that he felt a little more welcome to to be able to have that conversation and we wound up you know having a a lot of great conversations after that but yeah so ian thanks man yeah (laughs) thanks for that wisdom (laughs) sorry for saying sorry yeah (laughs) tom sorry for saying sorry um yeah so with you you know you come into a, a new situation where you're about to meet a bunch of people or mm-hmm. a person you've never met. How do you approach that? Yeah, so it, it is my my goal going into it is, um, and I and I think it, it's anybody that deals with like any sort of like um, trauma or awkwardness at all. Like even if you have like a pimple or something like that, you know that people see it, and you want to make sure that the room knows that you're okay with it. And I think that's the first step to making sure that the kind of awkward or thick air that looms gets dissipated a little bit. Yeah. And so I do approach it. I, I, I like to make things light. I've always been someone to 
maybe I wasn't the class clown, but I, I don't like heavy, intense. Right. You know that that you don't like intense these conversations is what it is. Yeah, I don't. I hate this podcast already. <laughs> no, um, no, and so I do. I, I um, I'll, I'll go in and I'll, I'll make like a small joke, and, it, and it'll usually be really corny. It, it'll be like, oh, I'd stand up to shake your hand or whatever. You know, something really <laughs> dumb, um, but something to address it because I think the earnest is on me to address it. I don't want it to put that on someone. Have you ever tried like, hey, are you gonna ask me about my debilitating? No, because that's injury? too confrontational. <laughs> that's too much. I got, I, I have to. Um, Can you try it at least just once? Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think I could. I don't think it's in my bones to create an awkward situation. My whole thing is remove the awkwardness, you know. And if I can get rid of the awkwardness, even if it's kind of peppering over and maybe making a much deeper mental um issue or or just if it's kind of pasting over it with uh kind of general small talk that's okay because that helps me get to know the person actually a little bit better because that looming elephant in the room has been minimized at least a little bit and we can kind of move beyond it it's like i essentially walk in and be like hey I know the situation's weird. It's weird for me too, but we could, you know, mention it at first, recognize it's a little bit awkward and funny and then forget about it. And we could actually get to know each other and have a conversation. Has there ever been a moment where you met somebody new and you didn't approach it like that and you just tried to have a conversation without addressing? If I really want to get to know someone, then no, I don't think so. I think there's a lot of situations where, I've met people and I'm, you know, just at like a bar or whatever. And I know it's just a really fast, casual, like, Hey, how's it going? I'm not going to go out of my way to like really mentally put in like a lot of effort. Um, not in the conversation getting to know them necessarily, I guess, but in the sense of if the elephant's only going to be in the room for 30 seconds, I'm not going to try and minimize that elephant and then, and then move forward that that would be exhausting and so um not in every situation do i bring it up but i do bring it up in any situation that um i think will lead to a meaningful connection with someone even to to any extent whether i even if i know i'm going to see them there's a chance i see them again next week or something like that you know i want to make sure that when they see me again that effort to minimize the elephant in the room is, is even uh, less so, you know? Um, okay. So here's a hypothetical for you. Oh God. Let's, let's treat this like this is freshman year of college and you are doing an introduction with a group of first years that are going through the same situation. Are you going to introduce that right off the bat? Is that going to be one of your icebreakers or yeah. are you going to wait? No, no, I wouldn't wait. I would, I, right off the bat, it's too in your face. It's too, um, so what would you say? You've got like 12 other first years in this circle. So, uh, all in this 12 other first years in the same circle. We're all there. Yep. This is your group. This is your first year circle that you get to hang out with for the whole day. And your, um, your leader is saying, Alex, Introduce yourself. Say a few things about yourself. Oh, goodness. Um, 
Well, I'd probably start off by saying something along the lines of, I prefer fist bumps to handshakes because <laughs> I can't open my hands uh, to, to give them a handshake. And uh, yeah, I, I would probably just say, um, yeah, I mean, even something as small as that. Like that, that's like a, that's a small little address. Yeah. Um, and if it was in that formal, if it's like something where I would consider that like a formal introduction where it's like, Alex, tell me about yourself. That would probably be my one address. Cause you don't want to make it all about that because yeah. that's not who my injury is a lot of who I am, but it's not everything. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be my little, little taster it would just be, you know, I prefer fist bumps to handshakes and nice boom addressed aware um and then if i talk to someone later maybe i would pepper in other things uh that would be more specific to the conversation that we're having mm -hmm. so it is just funny um you know dealing with introductions and and getting people comfortable with the idea that they're talking to someone that is you know lived with trauma and trying to express and convey that we're okay with it mm -hmm. and and it's awkward for us too and uh it's only appropriate that we talk about that um on our first episode of the podcast because this is an introduction uh to our listeners so i i think that's great that we even um touched on that because believe it or not this is still awkward for us uh, doing this in the first place yeah but I, i'm really looking forward to seeing um where this podcast takes us um, in terms of finding out more about ourselves and you know kind of what um, alleys we can we can explore here but uh, yeah I'm really looking forward to it yeah but not I mean not just us um, but also the listeners right this is an, a good opportunity for our listeners to be able to ask questions that they might have been scared to ask in person or maybe it just opens the door for the next time you see us where you can actually start trying to have those conversations and, and try to trying to pick our brains because again we very much want to be able to talk about this stuff and be able to create these this kind of space where no one needs to be scared um, yeah. to address these things so um yeah we look forward to it um hopefully you guys will continue to ask us questions and you'll be hearing from us here shortly looking forward to it awesome thanks You just listened to the We Ain't Broke podcast. It is hosted by Chase Clausen and myself, Alex Agan. It is produced by Tyler Thompson, music by Freaks of the Sea. If you have any questions, please email us. We'd love to hear your response and address any questions that we find really interesting. You could do that at weaintbrokepodcast at gmail.com.